Jack O'Connor said, don't ever read a paper. You're kind of thinking, why did he say that? Or what did he mean by that? Or does he rate him higher than me? It opens up something that you do not want opened. You the only be thing entertainment players should be looking at or listening to is the football <laughs> Wherever you get your podcasts. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. I'm delighted to say John Fian, who is the CEO of Basketball Ireland, is with us in studio to talk to us about the strategic plan which they launched last week. John, good morning to you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a week on since you officially launched the five-year strategic plan for Basketball Ireland. So how has it been um, received by the various stakeholders? Uh, what's the response been It's like? been extremely well received, actually. Um, the nice thing about it is it's quite a simple document. I mean, there's nothing very fancy about it. It just states very... States, uh, very succinctly what we're trying to achieve, how we're going to do it, and basically it's a very simple document, as I said, but it has been received extremely well. It went out to, we sent it out on emails to over 30,000 people uh, within our stakeholder groups, and uh, yep, we, all the response back from all social media channels and everything else has been very positive. So give us, give us some sense of how big the sport of basketball is in Ireland and what you think yeah. the potential is. Actually, basketball is a very big sport in Ireland. Uh, to put it in context, we have nearly 42,000 post-primary schools uh, players. We have 37,000 registered club members. That doesn't include colleges, doesn't include masters tournaments, doesn't include primary schools, doesn't include informal basketball players. So I suppose the estimate overall would be close enough to 100,000 people playing the, the game every year uh, in Ireland. The gender split is quite even as well? Absolutely, 50-50, which right. is fantastic, and and also very diverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have up to 79 different nationalities playing the sport here in Ireland, which is fantastic, you know, and uh, every every uh, colour skin, every, 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 it's probably the most reflective sport of a modern Ireland that you can get. Um, on a personal level, why did you want to take on the challenge of basketball? People would be familiar, or maybe not familiar, with the fact that your, your background is in rugby, you've been involved with the Six Nations, you've been involved with the then Pro 12, with the Lions as well, so um, out of the frying pan into the fire in some ways. But also, what, what was it about basketball that you decided, OK, I could do this? Well, there's kind of two parts to that. The first is, uh, I suppose I spent quite a long, long time in rugby, 16 years doing that. So I just needed a new challenge, really, at the end of the day. Um, and basketball, when I looked into it a little bit, just said to me, it's, it screamed something that needed um, a, a new approach. And I think, you know, obviously I come with no baggage and I'm going in with quite a lot of experience in terms of how to help sports uh, realise their potential. And that's really the main reason why I'm there. It's, it's fantastic. The people are great. The volunteers are great. It's a big sport, as I said. Probably not as well known as it should be, but yeah. it's, it's really, really getting there. It, it always feels like it's a, a little <coughs> bit of um, an undiscovered, uh, unpolished gem in Irish sports That's and cool. for various reasons, which is no need for us to relitigate. But when you were going in and doing your interview, not to uh, relitigate it, <laughs> but what was the, the bit that was like, yeah, the bit that got you fired up about it? It, it was just the potential huge potential and you know it's 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 also its profile the you know we mentioned mm. earlier on the, the the range of people who play it i mean there isn't a those well there's very few sports i can think of anyway that would be even close to a 50-50 gender split as i said it reflects irish society in the most fundamental way and i think it has such potential to grow as well i mean uh, as i said i i got involved with rugby many many years ago and I see it almost like the way rugby was 30 or 40 years ago in terms of its potential to grow. 
Um, and, you know, I, we could have very, very serious numbers playing this. And in terms of if you, um, government policy is another matter, but if, if one of the key uh, uh, tenets of government policy is participation, yeah. we probably have a better chance of delivering s- significantly on that than most sports. Why, why is that? Uh, there's a number of reasons. As I said, the 50-50 gender split is, is just we're open to everybody. Uh, it's indoors in, an, uh, in winter, which is uh, always, always good in a cold, wet, dark, horrible night. Yeah. Um, I it's safe. Think, I it's think the indoors thing is the, <coughs> the, uh, the single thing you have over all the other sports. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean to put it in, uh, also, uh, it's safe which is really important um, and it's accessible uh, it, there's gyms all over the country which is fantastic um, but also like, to put it in context basketball is the second biggest sport in the world after soccer uh, so we have all sorts of role models and competitors to, to come up against uh, internationally as well as here in Ireland which is fantastic Do you find yourself pitching against the other sports like the likes of GEA and rugby and soccer in Ireland or is it a case of especially I mean at participation levels in schools and PE is it important to get basketball in there in, in young people's brains as, as an option? I, I, to be fair, I think we're way beyond trying to get it in there. We're mm-hmm. actually in there. I mean, as I said, nearly 42,000 uh, secondary school players. That's, that's a lot of players, and most sports would be delighted to have those kind of numbers. Clearly the biggest sports in Ireland are GAA uh, and soccer. Uh, we probably have more players than rugby. Mm. Um, so to put it in context um, so from that point of view we're very comfortable with that the other thing too and it kind of gets back to what you were saying about potential and everything else so, uh, so, um, basketball like soccer is, is something that can be played very informally you don't need an awful lot of facilities or you don't need a big pitch you don't need whatever you, you, all you need is a small space and hoop and a yeah. ball and off you go mm-hmm. and you can play it with two people you can play it with Ten people, if you want, whatever it is. So, from that point of view, it's it's got many m- loads of potential. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's <coughs> one of those things where um, you can have a beautiful, state of the art gymnasium and full time professional basketball coaches in, in some of our secondary schools. Or I was down in Lanchoy Square on Sunday, and there was a pickup game being played, and it was semi organised, and it was you know pretty brutal. They were like you know they were taking it very seriously, and it's um and it's it's every as you say every aspect of Irish life is reflected in it. And at the same time, you had LeBron versus Steph Curry last night. So that's the thing that's on telly, and everybody is able to go, "Okay, I'm part of this continuum here." Yeah, and and you know, later later this year, now for instance, we're we're playing Croatia here in Ireland. We'll have two NBA stars uh, coming in to play in that team within Croatia. Croatia. So, it, like, there we we can attract some big big stars here into Ireland as well through the international program that we've got. So it's fantastic in that respect. Is there a high performance aspect that you want to see develop further? And when you look at the likes of boxing and rowing, um, like close to a million euro funding every year, and and, and certainly above that as well. I know there's the Olympic aspect to that, but but would you like to see a little bit more funding coming in from the government? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not in any way critical as such of, of government. I, to be fair, we get a lot of support from Sport Ireland across many many aspects of the sport. Uh, yeah, the elite funding area is an area where we would certainly like to develop that level of funding. Uh, we have. Uh, pitched uh, our, our, our thinking to, to support her and I think they're, they're, they have reacted very positive, positively to it um, from our perspective I think we probably will get delivery on that in due course uh, the, the area probably that 
can be looked at first as three by three. It's a it's a shortened version of the game. Uh, you obviously don't need quite as many uh, players for that. So you, all you need is a very small number of really good players, and and most countries can provide that. So it's a it's a very democratic version of the game. Yeah, you can actually we actually could qualify for Olympics in three by three and and all the rest of it. So from that perspective, I think Sport Ireland are very favourable towards us, and we're looking obviously for something there in the future people in Irish people might not realise that that at 3x3 three three level we're at the top tier of the Eurobasket stage which at bo- both teams well, yeah, even at the even at the f- full game yeah. we're in the Eurobasket competitions now which is not that's the if you like the, the European equivalent of the European Cup or whatever it is it's, we're at the top tier in that respect but in 3x3 three three in particular uh, the nature of how it's, 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 it's done is that uh, it's a lot easier to get up the ranking lists quickly in that mm. compared to say the, the full on game but I mean, it's a, if all these um, uh, qualification uh, systems are always very complex and they're labyrinthine oh, sure they are, yeah, um, and just because uh, obviously it, it's an issue in the women's rugby can the 3x3 three three players play for the full five asides absolutely yeah so there's absolutely. no yeah and in fact they're very very complimentary so okay, there's, that, there's no that issue it's really great obviously the other big thing then in terms of um uh, the the senior game is a really strong domestic game. Um, how do you go about learning the lessons from other sports and even from basketball to to get the domestic senior game, men's and women's, to a level where you know people are coming to the matches. There's excitement around them. The media coverage is at a higher level than it is at the moment. What's the what's the plan around that? Well, uh, they always say, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? The thing is reality. It's about putting a whole series of small things in a row together that actually add up to something big uh, over a period of time. That's the way to do it. Um, But we are actually, uh, we've done a load of things this year. For instance, we've introduced a Swish live statistics app, uh, which, you know, you can read all the scores as they happen. Right. uh, In all our National League games now. Uh, We've introduced uh, an OTT platform for uh, our, our National League, uh, which is showing over 700 games at the moment per year. How much is that for subscribers? It's uh, The introductory offer this year was for the season was, was about €30, Euros, I think. Okay, so it's good value. If you're yeah, a basketball fan, you can watch all the National League games. It'll probably be slightly higher this year, but, right. you know, it's, it's, but it's up that you can watch 700-odd games for 50 quid, basically, yeah. or 30 quid. Uh, so, yeah, the simple answer is... Uh, so it's a series of different. So it's a series of different things, and obviously we're we're engaging with the likes of yourselves far more uh, than we used to, uh, and it's really a case of providing information and communication. We're also we've also uh, we're generating new database within the actual sport. There's a, a whole heap of different things. There's a, a learning management system which is all about education within the sport. That's all been put in place. All it's as I said, a series of steps that together be, become a big. Uh, delivery for the sport obviously getting participation numbers up across the board will mean more people are more interested in games and then their potential customers who'll go to matches and support a local team and that's a fairly obvious thing is there is there chicken and egg in any way where you can um uh hype up the the leagues to a level where they actually draw more people in too i'm always I, i never really know what the answer is when it's um 
you know, because you hear a lot about legacy in the London games. That's all about legacy, and then there's no legacy. There's literally no legacy. West Ham yeah, on the stadium, and there's uh, loads of controversy about the London games. And it's actually been the same all the way back to Barcelona. The city went bust. There was a housing crisis afterwards, and actually, the best thing that they got was the Athletes Village. But um, any anything you can you can yeah, fall around like like there's a, in like any sport, there's a whole series of different things you got to look at. You got to look at everything from the commercial program to the communications program to digital programs to uh, discipline to coaching to refereeing to player development to the senior squad international senior squads to the national league program to the community aspect of basketball to schools of basketball mm. to masters like there's a whole heap of different things and you need to have a, a strategy against every single one of those to make sure that you're developing it over the next f- five years and that's what's in this strategic plan the national basketball mm-hmm. arena in Tala features in the strategic plan as well I know that it's 30 years old now the, the basketball arena so the plan is to double the capacity by 2026 ideally yes that's, that's where we're going the, the specific aspects of the details of the plans are, are being developed and we're actually looking at two or three different options but in reality yes it's, just, it's that but we want to improve the facilities like the dressing rooms we also want to give the experience that people have going to the actual arena uh, an upgrade in terms of things like even simple things like toilets and yeah. uh, places to uh, uh, areas Consumers to hang out more, or, yeah. yes exactly yeah. so, but th- when, when, it's, when it's full even today even when it's full now it's a, an incredible experience to see the place it's rocking it really is when it gets when it's full and people are chanting and all that it's fantastic I suppose my, my question was a, a really about like is there a way to have three or four big clubs around the country who have similar but smaller venues where the atmosphere is the same well yeah we do uh, like, uh, my, most basketball clubs don't own their own their venues that's the, that's the first thing uh, there's Neptune and Cork which is a lovely lovely venue uh, but there are a number of other venues where we, we you know, at the local Super League sides will play their games. Such as, there's a, new, a lovely new one now, for instance, in MTU in Cork. There's uh, Belfast Star play out of a lovely brand new facility in Belfast, or will be this year, a new facility in Belfast. There are a number of seriously big gyms with capacities up to, say, seven to 900 people around the country. Because the atmosphere of seven to 900 people as the game is on the line mm-hmm. is... Is the type of thing that particularly in an enclosed space, you know, it's it's very it's very noisy. It's yeah. very it's very vibrant, and it looks good on TV. Looks good, and um, that brings the sponsors, and that brings the, the viewership. And so that's the bit that's. I mean, the the reality is, for instance, uh, on our OTT platform, for instance, there's about almost three hundred fifty thousand plays on it. It's it's serious numbers, yeah. and um, you know that's the kind of thing that attracts sponsors as well. Yeah, no, totally, and like obviously. In in some cases, that's the end of the road because the far more important thing is to have volunteers and good quality coaching, and you have to develop these two things simultaneously. So that's always like, a, um, you know, today which which bite of the elephant are we going to try and? Well, the thing about basketball is, you know, at the top end with our Super League sides and Division One sides, which are the national teams, uh, it's semi-professional at that level. Uh, where the the rest of the game, which is over two hundred clubs is all community-based, and it's all every part of Ireland. Every, literally every county in Ireland has, has, has clubs, so it's, and schools for that matter. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's a great sport in that respect, and it's, uh, it really gets right down to grassroots. Would you, are, are you in favour of there being more college basketball games being played here, or even if there was NBA games being played here? Is that just a win for the basketball community, or would you be concerned? Like, is there, are there any watch-outs for that kind of stuff? There are. There are. The, we've last last uh, earlier this year. I'm sorry, not this year. 
later last year we had uh, eight college teams over and that was great listen I, the more the merrier as far as I'm concerned the, the, the more we can bring in attractive uh, games for the Irish public to see that's fantastic I don't have any issue with that I, in, indeed I'd encourage it and I think it's a good thing but ultimately week in week out we have at the moment 14 men and 10 women's in the in the Super League Sorry, my, that's my phone. I should have turned. Probably one of the colleges looking to get it a game. It probably yeah. is. So my apologies. No worries. The um, the money then for the for the likes of that national basketball arena, as you say, some of it is going to come from the from the commercial revenue. Presumably, you're going to need benefactors as well. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a number of different ways we're going to um, commercialise our, our, our pay for the, for the arena. Obviously, uh, we're, we look to the increased capacity of the actual stadium itself should should lead to significant additional revenue but then there's also um, sponsorship naming rights uh, we'd look at a patronage program in the states and of course we will look for some government support here as well but I don't think uh, there's no reason in the world why they wouldn't I mean they support all of the other sports so I don't see why they wouldn't support us as well so uh, indeed they're very encouraging about it is there um that, that American thing is really interesting because obviously there's loads of uh, Irish Americans who yeah. like the game and who would like to to help out. Is there anything in fostering closer links with the NBA and, and any of that kind of stuff? Or we actually have uh, one link already with the uh, NBA. We run what's called a junior NBA uh, tournament for primary school kids. Right. So that's go- ongoing, and we're looking at maybe setting up a second version of that already in, in Northern Ireland as well, because it's a 32 county sport. Uh, but it's the reality is. Um, yeah, the answer is yes. The more, the closer the uh, connections, the better. But any kind of patronage program is very important that we don't just take the money and run. Uh, you've actually got to develop a relationship with the people that over there. You've got to bring them into you. You've got to communicate with them. You've got to meet, make them feel part of the process and, and let them know precisely mm. what, what they're helping helping us to achieve. Mm. Uh, and even simple little things like maybe asking their sons or daughters to come over and play a bit of basketball during the summer and that yeah. kind of thing so yeah. it's you know you, you've got to you can't as I said you just can't take the money and run you've got to actually provide something back um, it's been noticeable that in recent years the the GAA has been looking towards basketball particularly Gaelic football um, in terms of coaching evolution and we know the Dubs had a, a high-end basketball coaching with them as well um, like all Irish sport views other Irish sports with a slightly threatened um, but it always felt to me like basketball could actually be a great accompaniment for all the GEA players who play in summer and in winter time and obviously you want people to be focused on your sport but there's a, an, another cohort of people who are uh, basketball sympathisers well, there's many um, very high profile Gaelic players who say they, they, you know, they cut their teeth in basketball uh, many of the skills are very complementary the seasons are complementary um, so in many respects, there's, it's it's a benefit. The, the odd thing is, some of the counties where uh, basketball is very strong, including Kerry, also happen to be very strong in, in, in Gaelic football. Yeah, so Mayo uh, and Mayo and in Dublin and there's a number of others. And, and the reality is, they are actually very complementary in that respect. The skill set's good. It keeps you know Gaelic players fit and, and healthy through a. a a dark winter um, and for us it, it obviously provides some great players as well You've come from a rugby background where obviously the, the success of the uh, senior international side in the men's team is based around centrally contracted players is that part of the long term vision? Is there a possibility that you might have a player at each club who's contracted who's an Irish international I'm not sure it would be through the clubs but if we went down that route it would be through centralised contracts alright yes um, I think we're probably depending on how we can get 
get get going with um, the high performance units and that kind of thing. Uh, it, it, we'll see where we go with that. The simple answer is yes. Uh, it's just a case of how quickly we can do it. Yeah. Okay. So it's a good idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. Absolutely. To really perform at the top level at, at international, uh, at full full basketball, or or indeed the three by three, we're we're going to need to have a very elite small number of players who we support properly. Yeah. Okay. The, the high performance unit, when is that? Is there a timeline on that? Like, I'm just wondering how far behind or otherwise are we of other maybe countries around Europe? We, we're not too bad. We, we, what we have is we have uh, one or two individuals within our own organization who focus on this whole area and do a really nice job. Um, but it does need more specific attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, 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 we want to make sure that we um, uh, develop it properly. Um, and give it the time, and it needs some specialist functions. So that's where we're going to have to develop our... But we, we, we have gone from a situation where a number of years ago we didn't actually have an international side playing. Now we have both the senior men and senior women in the Eurobasket, which, as I said, the, is, is the big European competition uh, for, for our internationals. And we also uh, are on 3x3. Three three. I think we, we will be in a pretty strong position going mm. forward with that too. We, like we have, we've had some significant scalps uh, in 3x3 three three over, over the years. Well, listen, we wish you the very best of luck with it, John. Thanks so for joining us in studio today. Thank you for the opportunity, guys. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.